Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The Self Love Club, a place where boss babes share their stories to empower women. Welcome to the Self Love Club podcast. I'm Val Crawford and you can find out more about why I've launched this club at valcrawford.com. I'd love for you to join it and trust me, it's not like a cult or pyramid scheme. It's literally just a club where you can come hang out. It's going to be a fun time. Join me for a podcast series where we'll hear the stories of girl boss women who are doing super cool things with their lives. We'll find out how they've done what they have, their self-love and self-care practices, and they'll share their tips to empower you to live your best life. Jess Quinn is an inspiring content creator, speaker, and model who empowers others to overcome adversity and is an advocate for changing the way society stereotypes beauty. After losing her leg to cancer at age nine, Jess refused to let it get in the way of living her life to the fullest, including learning to run again and a stint on Dancing with the Stars. Currently, Jess is running a petition for transparency around photoshopped images of models, which has over 10,000 signatures. We're so lucky to have Jess share her story and empowering mindset and advice on the Self Love Club podcast. Jess, thank you so much for coming to hang out on the Self Love Club podcast. So excited to have you. Thanks for having me. It's so exciting cool. to be here. Yay. Hey, so people might follow you and know who you are, but for those who don't, uh, tell us about yourself and what you do. Yeah, so I um, I do a lot of work in and around adversity. I lost my leg to cancer when I was nine. So um, yeah, I kind of, I actually studied fashion. I was planning on going down that path and then I had a photo shoot that went viral um, and my life has just kind of changed over the last three years in that sense. So I now work, yeah, largely in and around adversity. Um, I work for myself. So I do um, public speaking and obviously my social media is kind of a large part about what I do and just connecting with people. And nowadays I also do a lot in the, I don't just like to say body image, but I guess within that kind of space Mm. and just helping people, I guess, feel good in their skin, regardless of um, what they're going through in their life or I guess just breaking down these um, stereotypes, I guess, that we've been living up to for so long. So yeah, what I do is really hard to put. I kind of wish I had a one sentence thing for yeah. that. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'm a fashion designer. That would have been a lot easier. <laughs> but um, yeah, I kind of have my fingers in a zillion pies. I think that's the saying. Um, but yeah, I love it. It's yeah, cool. that's so cool. So have you always sort of worked for yourself or is, is it bad? Or, you know, because from the modeling job that you had, that's when mm. that sort of took off for you. Has mm. that been what you've always done? No, so that's just been in th- the last three years. And then before that, because I studied fashion and did product design for postgrad for about four years. And then in between, I think there was about two years where I worked full time for myself. And before that, I did more retail jobs and hospitality and all that kind of yeah, stuff that we do when we're younger. Working um, for yourself, though, from a young age, that's yeah, pretty impressive. I think I was about 23 three when it all started. So yeah, pretty young. And I I always knew I wanted to work for myself. I thought I was going to be a fashion designer working for myself. And yeah, this kind of just blew up in my face um, quite literally. And I just ran with it. I didn't 
know where it was going to go and I still don't know where it's going but um yeah I'm very I, I feel very privileged to be able to work for myself it has its ups and downs and its challenges but yeah. it's yeah it's awesome we'll talk through more of those as we go on but mm. I just want you to tell us also about the petition you've been working on more recently because I noticed that you've like cracked a big milestone with the signature so tell mm. us about that what it's for and how it all came about yeah so I did, it was this time last year, I was on Dancing with the Stars, which was awesome. And I did a photo shoot. So I did quite a lot of publicity around that time. And I did a photo shoot and the images got printed in the magazine. And I was like, cool, they're cool. And then I needed the images. I've got a modeling agency in LA and I wanted the images for my portfolio. So they sent me an email and it had the images that I'd seen in the magazine. And then there was another folder and it was literally titled untouched. And I was like, hold up. Am I opening some like cryptic thing here? And I opened it and it was similar images or the same images, but they'd been retouched or they were the ones before they'd been retouched. So I realized that what I was seeing in the magazine wasn't actually me. And it kind of just sparked something in me. I mean, I always have talked about being raw, being honest. My whole Instagram feed is me showing the really raw side of my leg um, or lack of leg. Um, And yeah, just to be, I guess, someone else portraying you in a way that you didn't want to be nor asked to be or thinking they could control the way that you looked was a bit unsettling. And yeah, it just opened my eyes to an industry that or a, a world that still goes on. And so I, that was, yeah, that was last year. And then a few months later, I got asked to do a TED talk and I decided that for my TED talk, I would basically speak on this conversation about imagery touching, about um, perfection and why we feel the need to, I guess, have or fight for this perfection that doesn't exist or that we've been led to believe is is real. Um, And in that TED Talk, I said, I think that there should be some rules and regulations around imagery touching and that it should be disclosed if the appearance of a model has been photoshopped. And, you know, in my research for my TED Talk, I found that there was the same petition or the same law that had been passed in France. And I was like, well, France to me is like the fashion capital of the world or Paris is. So if they can do it, surely we can. So, um, and I just said it as an idea. I thought, you know, I'll say this in my TED Talk and maybe someone will pick it up and make it a law. Um, And then I realized a few months later that I had all the power to try bring it to life myself. So I messaged my manager and I said that I wanted to do this. And he was like, cool, let's talk to Jacinda Ardern. And I thought he was joking. And then I woke up the (laughs) next day. Straight to the top. (laughs) Yeah. And he'd like sent me a screenshot chat with her. And she said the best place to start would be doing a petition. So that's what I did. I just started petitioning and trying to get some people on board. And it it went mental. I couldn't believe how many people have supported it and shared it. And the messages that I've had over the last, um, I think it's been about six months that the petition has been running um, from people just telling me their stories and their feelings around it um and yeah I've been in touch with some really cool people around the world like Jamila Jamil she fights for a lot of this stuff and she's been really supportive she's amazing eh? so that's been cool and a lot of um people in um publicity over in Australia which was awesome so it's just that's just showing to me how much people are resonating with it and how much people want this change and you know I don't I don't think like changing the rules around photoshopping or imagery touching is going to change the world particularly or anything like that. But I do think it's like 
the beginning of a stepping stone because we're trying to fight for diversity mm. at the moment and we're starting to see billboards of more diversity. But what's the point in having this diverse range of people if we're photoshopping them and still trying to be like they can they can look like this but not too much like this. Yeah. You know, like my the photo the photos of me that got photoshopped, I still had moles, but I had half the amount that I have now. So I'm kind of like, oh I'm allowed a few of them, but not too many. You've got too many. Like oh, <laughs> sit yeah, back down, that's you know? Right. Yeah. It's so like, it's, it's like bit. what needs to be like yeah, who decides what needs to be edited it's quite crazy totally. that they're like oh too like too many moles like how ridiculous yeah. Yeah. like it's so silly and I just I don't think we realize the effect that it's had that mm. it has on us and how I talked about it in my TED talk and how I see it is that our generation and generations before us have always grown up being exposed to this you know in Dolly magazine as a kid we're flicking through it and we don't even know that mm. we're looking at someone who has zero cellulite or zero pimples on her face or whatever it is and we just think that we're abnormal because we have that you know whereas she's abnormal because it's been photoshopped out of her and even that model doesn't look like that and then now we're the content creators we're the ones that are doing this to ourselves through Mm. apps like Facetune because we're trying to live up to these these things that we think is what's right so um yeah I just think it's time to break the chain and I think it's going to take a really long time but I'm hoping maybe changing some laws or at least by like the minimum is just having conversations like this that I feel really lucky to have because It just and I, I like to hear everyone's feedback because it's just about just seeing what we can do to make the world a little bit better. Maybe totally, I love that. I'm all about it. So, what's the situation with the petition? Like, does it need to get a certain number of signatures before Parliament will look at it? Like, well, how yeah. does that all work? Yeah, I'm still a little bit confused around the yeah. politics. Um, I do not at all no politics yeah. um, it's actually this is probably a funny story a little bit um hippie dippy for those that aren't into this world oh, but I went to I went to a psychic about a year ago and I was really fascinated and I love I love that kind of stuff yeah. and she told me all these things that I was like okay okay and and she told me she's like are you sure you want to keep she called what I did blogging she's like are you sure you want to keep blogging for your whole life and I was like I don't know I'm just riding the wave at the moment and she was like I can really see you getting into law and I pretty much laughed her out of the room and I was like there's she's like maybe uni or I'm not sure what it is but I can see law in your life and I was like yeah and I was like okay well I'm never going to study law so this lady has no (laughs) idea what she's talking about because I'm not going back to uni for six years and I would be a terrible lawyer and then it wasn't until the other day that I was like I'm trying to get a law pass like this is so creepy and I would never have imagined back then that I was going to be doing this so yeah my point is that I don't know politics so I'm kind of just riding the wave at the moment but I had to get to 10,000 for it to be considered um considered by parliament so 10,000 signs I think there's another milestone if it gets to 100,000 that it like has to go somewhere or something like that. Yeah. I will, I will find this no, out. No, that's cool. Um, I just so, hope that they pay attention. Like they actually, I know same. there's a lot of things that they obviously have to do and look at, Like, but I think it'd be nice if they could at least look at it soon and yeah. then there's some sort of. Yeah, totally. So yeah. I've got the petition running till December because I've got a few campaigns coming out with some brands that I work with that are in alignment with this. And I think, um, yeah, I just want to keep the conversation going. Yeah. And for me, 10,000 is amazing, but if I can get to 20 or 30 or 40, then even better. So, um, yeah, and then I'm I'm on the same – I'm on, like, two minds about it. I'm like, they've got, like, huge issues to worry about, but I also think that this plays in mental health so, so much that I think it's really important. So – yeah, I would love to people for people to look at it. And, yeah, I'll de- yeah. I'll put the um the link for it in the show notes of this Thank episode you. as well. So everyone needs to go sign yes. it if you haven't already. It's very it's, important. It's very easy too. It's literally yeah. like type your name and you've signed it. So it's easy. But and um, that's yeah. the thing with social media as well. I think it's not you know like it's everyday people that mm-hmm. are affected by this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. like I mean, growing up for us, we didn't you know we were sort of growing up at the start of social mm-hmm. media. 
Whereas now like young kids are going to grow up with like, you know, they've got Instagram accounts. They are seeing images, which people are using like, you know, everyone loves a wee filter or, you know, Bruce the lightning or whatever, but you know, people are using apps like Facetune. Mm -hmm. It's quite scary, isn't it? And I think the scariest part, I mean, I, even through this petition have no control over what people do on social media. I'm just hoping, as I said, it breaks the chain. But I think the scariest part is what you touched on is that now people are able to Photoshop a face tune themselves, but they're doing it a photo of them sitting in a cafe or at home on the couch and they've whitened their teeth or slightly taken in their waist or smoothed their skin or whatever they've done. But it seems so realistic to people who don't know them because they're just in their natural habitat. And people are like, no, I follow her life. I know that she's just yeah. cooking lunch or whatever it is. I don't know. But, yeah. um, or she's just like crossing the road and taking a really candid shot, but <laughs> she's like clenched in her waist. But yeah. because it seems so realistic, it's not a curated image in a studio that you expect that's going to be imagery touched that's where it's distorting our perception I think a little bit and um it's scary you know as I said before we we just saw it through Dolly magazine and on billboards whereas kids are waking up at 7am before school and are exposed to it until they go to bed at night and you know I've got a a lot of young people follow me and I, I I check all my dms and I sometimes do kind of like little chat things and Sometimes they're at eight or, eight or nine o'clock at night and there's these young kids messaging me this late. And I'm like, what are you doing awake? And also, why are you on Instagram? Yeah. Like, it's scary. Yeah, it's like back at like, you know, we, we didn't, you know, like our parents would have been like, yeah, you're not on your off. phone from yeah. this time. Like it was just so much <laughs> so stricter. Like, and like, yeah, like you say, it's just so accessible. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like especially young minds and they're impressionable. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm very mindful of that as well. I think. Uh, I think if people can be real, a bit more real, and obviously, you know, like I was talking to a friend about this the other day, we're not going to post our like darkest moments all the time on social media. Yeah. Like you're not, of course, you're going to post photos of like highlight mm. situations and things, and it's not like you're going to take a photo when you're really down or sad about something. Mm. Like mm. so, of course, they're doing that. But I think if people can just be a bit more real, mm. and it's like rather than trying to create this like life mm. I don't know I just think everyone's different but for me I just I just can't really do that no I yeah. totally agree with that and I and I and I agree I did a post the other day and I said even someone like myself that the people who follow me know that I am as honest as I can be and if I burn my face with some pimple cream I'm probably going to show yeah. you you know I'm just, that's just how I am but even me I'm only showing probably one percent of my life you, you see the one angle that I'm speaking to the camera on you yeah. don't see me with my three double chins when I'm on this angle do you know what I mean like yeah. you're only seeing this one picture and you know so no matter how real or how raw someone is it's just a very very small snapshot of their life and yeah yeah, you can't you can't measure your life against that just because you think yeah yours isn't worth it you know I think that's the scariest part is this comparison that social media has created and yeah it's really scary you know yeah I think it's it's such a complex one as well like things like you're doing thank you for doing that because I feel like those things will help, but I just feel like it, there's, it just, yeah, it's one of those complicated mm. ones where it's like, it's changing culture, which we can do. And I think it's epic at the moment. We're seeing so much more diversity mm. and, you know, like people are really wanting it and you're, you're seeing it. Like you're seeing, even in the last few years, so many more different like types of models, totally. different bodies, different mm-hmm. ethnicities. Um, you know, it's, uh, that's really cool to mm. see, but mm. It's just, yeah, it's like one of those ones that you're like, oh, so hard. wanted to change, but it's just <laughs> like, know, yeah. I know. And it, yeah, it's something that I, yeah, I, I play with in my head quite a lot. And I think, I, I do think a lot needs to change. Like so much needs to change, not just on social media globally. And I, I agree that people are really trying. And I mean, even the fact that I'm a model and I have one leg, like people, and I'm, and I'm not a size six. I think that's really evident that people are trying to create change, but 
at the same time, I think we also need to take the responsibility on ourselves, especially with social media and know that we, it's, it's up to us who we follow. I literally unfollowed 150 people the other day only. And some of them were people close to me because I genuinely just can't have that much noise on my feed at Mm. one time. And I think we're just so used to filling everything up and filling I guess the lulls in our life with the highs in someone else's almost yeah. that we're kind of finding comfort in that in a way. And it's becoming like a habit almost or a little yeah. bit too comfy. And I just think, yeah, there's always, you know, there was always that girl at school and there was always someone. So there's always going to be this, this group of people who are going to project their lives in a certain way or whatever that, whatever they're doing, but it doesn't mean we have to follow along with that. Exactly. And absorb it, you know? And that's the thing, like with social media, you you choose what mm. you see, but then in saying that, like it, it is a tough one. It's hard. Yeah. I also find like, I realized this a while ago that it's like with, you know, like it's just social media as well. And like Instagram, like we're all obsessed with it. We're all on there all the time mm-hmm. and I love it. But I found as well, like watching too many people's stories all the time. Yeah. It's just too much energy. Like it's I so much energy. And we're using energy on that that we could be using on ourselves mm-hmm. and other things. So I'm mindful of that as well. Yeah. And so if you're following less people, like you say, it's less yeah. noise. Yeah. I saw it's something I'm really I've been in a bit of a, a not great place at the moment because I've been struggling with some injuries and a whole lot of stuff. And I'm seeing probably ten different people at the moment just to help me with my my own self, like as an, an acupuncturist and a chiropractor and nutritionist and Good I love them you. all. But I'm also now at a point where I'm needing to strip that back a little bit because I'm like, even that's too much noise. And then I go home and I go on my social media and someone's like, I cut out dairy and it cured this and I did this and it cured that and I'm just like, Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna explode with all this noise in my head and totally. I can't even like make decisions for myself right totally. now. You know? I'm the same. And, it, and it's like, I've mm. even, I think I've had a reset in myself and how I use social media. Like I still use it, but like, I'm not going to document, I think, and like each to their own, no judgment on people mm. who do, but people go on there and document their whole day mm. and talk to it their mm. whole day. And I just like, mm. it's a waste of your energy and it's a waste of people who are watching it energy. You know, totally. like they spend how many minutes watching someone's life yeah. and like, it's like, oh, I know what they did today. What yeah. about like, what about what you're what doing? Done? Totally. Yeah. And I'm, I'm in the same space because, you know, I, I completely fell into this world. I got 10,000 followers overnight and 70,000 within the space of three months. So, Whoa. and I was, I knew nothing about social media. I had no plans on being anything on social media. So my life changed very drastically, very quickly. And yeah, I've kind of realized at the beginning, I was kind of like, okay, I have to post every night at 6pm yeah. and, and you know, if I miss a day, my engagement's going to drop and that's gotten worse with the algorithm and all this kind of stuff. And then I, I've like recently realized in the last year, I was like, I, my, my purpose on this planet isn't to beat an algorithm. It's not mm. why I'm here. If I get 5,000 or 10,000 less views on my story tomorrow, it doesn't make me any less worthy. Nah. I actually do not care. Like it's, it's, I just think we're, we're becoming like... <laughs> I don't know. We're becoming. It's an episode of Black Mirror. Like it literally, but is. We're, we're we're not we're putting everything in numbers. Totally. Like, and the amount of shit. Sorry, I don't know. No, you can here? swear. Totally. Okay, cool. Go for it. Yes. Um, <laughs> the amount of shit that I'm seeing where people is like, oh, this is how you beat the algorithm, and I'm like, oh my god. Go give someone some water or like, yeah. I don't know, go feed a, a dying the, child. <laughs> I think the less you care as well, like if you just, if yeah, like the less you care about likes and all that mm. stuff, like obviously you want people to engage with what you're doing, but mm. the less you care about it, the more fun it is mm. and the more you can just like focus and enjoy it. I think if you, if people start getting too deep in the numbers and everything, then it's like, it becomes like, it makes shit like feel shit. And yeah, it's just like, it, it becomes a too hard and yeah. like not a nice place to be. Yeah. yeah. I read a quote the other day. I posted a quote. I can't remember what it was, but it was something really simple, like less likes, more love or something. Mm. Like let's focus on having less likes and creating more love. And I just think that's so true, not on social media, but yeah. as in let's not be consumed by the likes and actually, you know, go Because I've, I've got friends that, love. 
Yeah, I've got friends, totally. I've got friends that are not even like, you know, bloggers or anything mm-hmm. and they get anxious about posting because they're like, I didn't get this many likes mm-hmm. or like, oh, my, it's bombed, you mm-hmm. know, like it's mm-hmm. not. And that's really like for a child to have that kind of like, yeah. and they're, and people like they do. I know I have. A lot of us, you can often at times place your worth on those things 100%. and I think that's really scary. It's really scary and I I, I watched the, what's it called, that Netflix thing, Social Animal or yeah. whatever it was, and these young girls who don't have a following on social media, they just post to their friends and stuff, but they were like, oh, if my photo gets less, I think they said less than 60 likes in an hour, so one like per minute, they said, then they delete it. And, I, and I've heard that a lot from just people, yeah. not that exact number, but, you know, if it doesn't get to this many or it doesn't get to this many, then, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it's really scary and just not what's important. I just don't think we're going to get to our deathbed and be like, damn it, I wish I got a couple more likes on that photo. Who cares? You forget (laughs) about it by the next time you post, you know, like. And I think think there's a lot to say too in the conversation of instant gratification. Oh, yeah. And I did a post a while back and I said, you know, everyone's doing these you know, mirror selfies with showing their stomach rolls or their cellulite or whatever it is. And I think that's great. I think it's important to show us exactly as we are without the filter. I think that's awesome. But in my post, I was like, make sure once you've done that post, because you know it's going to go well, because that stuff's really trendy at the moment. Mm. You're going to get your friends, even if it's just your friends commenting, saying you look amazing or whatever. Someone's going to say something. Make sure that when you step away from that, you don't then look in the mirror and be like, oh, you look ugly. You know, like don't just do it for the post. Um, So only talk about that stuff if you're genuinely feeling it because I think the instant gratification although it's great at the time can be just as harming Mm. in the long run if you don't actually feel good about yourself um yeah Yeah, I do know what you mean and it's a it's a it's beautiful it's great that people are posting a lot more about Mm. you know like uh body positivity and stuff but sometimes I do wonder and this is not to be nasty about anybody at all because I never come from that place it's like I feel like sometimes like people are genuine, but a lot of posts, the way people do it, it can be kind of clickbaity, if you know what I mean, 100%. like or like baity. Yes. It's like, here's a hot photo of me in my bikini. Like, totally. And yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's totally a tough agree. one, isn't it? Yeah, I'm I'm on this path at the moment with a term that I always stumble say, saying, but body neutrality. And I think that's so cool because, you know, body positivity and body whatever it is, body, it's why I, at the beginning don't like talking about body image because I just think, Even if we're talking about our bodies, like, I don't know, let's say I do a post and I'm like, oh, I've put on 10 kilos, but I still love my body. Then I, even if I mean it, we're still talking about our appearance, you know? So like, regardless of whether we're hung up in a negative body image or a positive body image, we're still caught up in our aesthetic selves, which I just don't think is what's important. Whereas body neutrality to me is just knowing that you have a body, you're in a body, it's the house that you live in. It's going to change throughout your life Mm. a zillion times over and trying to find comfort in the fact that you're going to have good and bad days, but that's not who you are. It's just Mm. the house that you live in. You know, I think that's kind of what I'm playing with at the moment because I've really been obviously throwing myself into this body image conversation quite loudly. And I think the more you speak about it, you know, all of a sudden I'm just going body image activist and I'm like, hold up. I don't have good days every day. I have not got this mastered at all. So I think, yeah, body neutrality is something that I think is, yeah, comfortable in somewhere that I think we can all sit and try to find comfort in that. I yeah. Think. Uh, before we like, we'll touch more on the now and what's been happening with you, but let's go back to when you were younger. So you did 
lose your leg mm. um, through having cancer as a child, which mm. must have been like a horrific time. <laughs> yes. Oh, you. How old were you? Yeah. So I was nine, and I I first broke my leg. Um, I broke my femur bone, which is the strongest bone in your body. So I shouldn't break just standing on a soccer ball, but I managed to do that. And then we found out about four months later that I had an osteosarcoma, which is a bone cancer that had been living in my femur, and it caused it to break. Um, How long had it been in there for? Do they no know? No idea. No, no idea. I mean, I was only nine, so um, could have been nine years, could have been a year. I, I have no idea. But I was a super athletic kid. I was a runner. I was doing all the things. Um, and then, yeah, life changed literally overnight. I one day broke my leg and pretty much didn't really get normality back for a while or, or ever. Um, mm. And, yeah, so I was rushed um, pretty much into hospital once they found the cancer. It was quite far along at that point, and I did about six months of chemotherapy and a whole lot of treatments. Um, by the time it was my surgery, I weighed about 18 kilos, um, and I was oh. being kept alive with a feeding tube, so I was definitely on my way out. It was it was a pretty bad run. Um, and, yeah, they amputated my leg. I was the First in New Zealand to have a rare surgery that I had. Um, took about 14 hours to do the amputation, which was hectic. Um, and then, yeah, I woke up from surgery, spent some time in ICU, had some more chemotherapy just to make sure it was out of my system and then had to learn how to walk and do life again, which mm. was pretty pretty crazy. But I was such a resilient kid. And you, you hear that a lot when kids go through um, big things or cancer or whatever it might be. You know, you always hear their parents be like, oh, they're so resilient. They just got up and got on with it. Um, and I was definitely the same. And I think it's something that I try, I think is really amazing is the, I think the naivety that we have as kids, you know, you kind of don't have this fear, which I think is really, really cool. So I just mm. got up. I didn't care what anyone thought. My leg looked weird as hell, but it was just my life and I was happy to have it. So, um, yeah, it was a pretty weird time. And then my whole life has just been a series of me trying to learn how to do things. And then once I figure out how to do one thing, I set myself an even bigger challenge. And then something else comes along, like Dancing with the Stars. And then I was like, yeah. there's no way I can dance and then figure that one out. So, you know, my life has just kind of been me setting myself big challenges and um, either trying to find a way to do it differently or find a way to do it. Yeah, good on you. It just shows your resilience. Do you mm. remember, do you remember like, I mean, it must have all happened so quickly and you were so young. Like, mm. do you remember like being able to like work, like just work it all out in your head at the time when they were telling you what needed to happen? Do you remember that? Not really. Um, I, my memory's a bit hazy, I think, because obviously it was traumatic, but also largely I don't think most many of us remember what we were doing at the age of nine. So mm. I kind of wish I remembered more. And also it was in 2001, so mum and dad didn't have a cell phone that had a camera on it at the time. Yeah. So I don't have many photos or, yeah. you know, it's quite it's quite weird to know that I had this life that I, I don't really um, understand or even weirder to that, that I had one before that where I had two legs and was just a normal kid. So, mm. um, but yeah, I remember certain parts. I remember them telling me and explaining my amputation because obviously being the first one in New Zealand to have had it, it was a bit kind of daunting. Um, so yeah, I remember that. But I think... Were you sad? Yeah, I, I remember lots of times of frustration. That's probably one feeling that I remember coming up a lot, just really helpless and frustrated. And I remember just kind of, I've always been a really positive happy person and I was the same as a kid and then I just had these moments where I'd like literally one day just like screamed at one of my family friends but it was just this frustration mm. in me that I just wanted to not Fair be enough. sick I guess yeah. yeah I mean totally um you know my life was literally in a hospital 80% of of that year and I was in plaster and in wheelchairs and not eating and you know it was mm. not a fun life so 
it was really scary. Um, but it's weird. I don't remember feeling as scared as I imagined it would be. Um, I have an amazing family and support around me who always helped me see the positive and everything. Um, and I think you also just get to the point where you're kind of just living in it. You know, I broke my leg and then I never really left the hospital for a while. So, you know, the next day is just another day. I don't, mm. I don't know if that makes any sense, but you kind of just live in it for a while. Um, and I don't think at the age of nine, you really understand the implications that things are going to have on your life. So, you know, I knew I was losing my leg, but it wasn't until maybe five years later that I was like, oh shit, like mm. my leg ain't coming back. So, um, and I knew I was different from all my friends and, but yeah, each step just kind of led to another. And that was, that was life at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. How long did it take for you? Cause you spent a year in hospital. Like how long yeah. did it take for you to get like a lot better and more well and put on like, you know, you were so small. You yeah, were so I put sick. on weight really quickly because it was great because, you know, being the cancer kid, mum and dad are like, eat all the things. Like it's midnight and I'm like, I want pizza and pizza <laughs> arrives at my door. Like I get whatever I want. It's like a kid's so, dream. <laughs> literally a kid's dream. But then when the chemo's all gone and I'm not vomiting every day, all Aww. of a sudden I'm still eating like that because everyone's like, yeah, she's alive. Yeah. Keep feeding her and it's I put on weight her. quite quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and also not being as active as like, I mean, I wasn't, didn't didn't completely blow up but I um, I was definitely yeah. I put my weight on well which is good um but yeah I I got healthy I got good pretty quickly um it was just physical challenges really I think I remember being like okay I've got this new leg and cool I have a leg now but it was more like I actually need to learn how to use this which was the scary part and just I think there was a lot of moments where I really really realized how how different my life was going to be you know I was I was the first one to win any running race or whatever it was. And now I'm in the sidelines watching everyone do PE and mm. moan through the running, the beep test. And I was like, I want to do the beep test, you know, like yeah. there was lots of those moments where I was, you know, growing up that I've had all my friends are complaining about their feet and high heels when we were 16. And I was like, I just want to be able to wear high heels and mini skirts, you know? So I've had a lot of those kind of moments in my life, but in terms of my health, um, I was really lucky. I just, I got better. Um, and yeah, mentally I was really lucky as well. I kind of just had this get up and go attitude and just got on with life. Um, which given what I'd been through and, you know, I was seeing kids losing their life on, on the ward and stuff like that, that, you know, the fact that you just keep going is, um, definitely a testament to the resilience of a kid. Um, but yeah, I think when you've been in a crappy situation like that, you just want to live your life which is what I'm trying to do so yeah yeah I mean it's been nearly 17 years this year so I've lived more like more my life like this than I did with with two legs so yeah I'm pretty good at it now yeah it sounds like you just sort of have like I mean yeah you're a really positive person you're strong and you've just gotten on with things and you've you know you've made your life work and you Mm. yeah so but like it would have been hard just to learn to do things like I mean, I, I, I can say that it must have been hard, but that sounds mm. so blasé, but <laughs> you had to learn to do everything again. Like Literally, you had to learn yeah. to walk. Like how hard is that? Yeah, it is. I just think, I don't know. It's so funny. I wish I had a better answer, but I, and I've had a lot of friends be like, oh my God, I could never have imagined. Like I, I wouldn't have survived if I went through what you went through. Like if I lost my leg right now, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to keep going. And and I just don't think we know how much strength we have mm. until we really put to the test, you know? Like, I literally don't have a choice except learning how to walk. And sure, maybe it hurts every day, but I, that's my normal, you know? Yeah. So I think, and everyone has that in them, no matter what they're going through in their life. And I just think that sometimes we we doubt ourselves a bit much. We all have that strength. And I'm, I'm actually really grateful that I went through what I did because I kind of 
learned that. I mean, I'm probably a little bit too fearless now. I'm like, ain't going to get me. But, you know, it's it's kind of you do develop this fearlessness. But it was obviously hard and frustrating. And I've always had this, um, you know, I'll wake up in the morning and be like, oh, it'd be a nice day for a run. And then I'm like, oh, can't go for a run. You know, it's, but, I mean, that sounds sad, but it's just you kind of, I, I sometimes forget my abilities or lack of abilities, um, which is where I just try find ways around, which I've been lucky I've always done. Um, so yeah, I mean, it definitely was, was hard. I I had a really bad phase when I was a teenager and that's when about five years after I was in remission that it kind of hit me what had really gone on and how long this was going to be for, which was forever. Um, and so I, and I struggled with body image a lot then, Mm -hmm. which is where I think a lot of what I talk about now has stemmed from, um, you know, my leg, which I've put some photos on my Instagram without all my prosthetics on is really, really strange. It looks really unusual. And I think I struggled with that a lot. The surgery that I had left my thigh, probably a quarter of the size of my other thigh. So, you know, I just wanted to wear skinny jeans every day. I would wrap t-shirts and socks around my thigh and then I'd secure it with masking tape just so that I'd look semi-normal in skinny jeans. And then I'd take that off at the end of the day and start again the next day. So I had a lot of things that I worked through, but it was, I don't know, you just get used to your mm. your own normal, I yeah. think. You know, something that you deal with that I don't deal with, I wouldn't be able to fathom, you know, because but it's normal mm. for you. So, yeah, you, we just get used to it. We're, we're battlers, us yeah. humans. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like totally growing up. I mean, mm. like I know that you say that that was your normal and mm. I totally get that and mm. I know what you mean, but like that totally. would have been so hard growing up. Yeah, I think it would have been. I'm the same as, I, I almost look at it the same as you. I'm like, oh, or kid, you know, but yeah. at the time I don't remember being like, like what has everyone else got to complain yeah, about? You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. But I, I also have always had this perspective that everyone has shit going on. I have always had that, um, which helps, I think. Yeah. I'm like, and I, and to be honest, I don't have it the worst. There's a lot of people more worse off yeah. than me and I, I lived, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. You know, I, I still have things, but I, I, I just forget that other people don't deal with the things, you know, I, I take my leg off to shower and like my sister, I was saying to her the other day, I was like, you have such long showers. Like I could just hear her in the shower and I'm like, like that water is running for a long time. And then I realized like I stand on one leg in the shower. Like you don't want to do that oh, for a leisurely long time. That's I was going to say, how do you workout. do that? Because yeah. I love, I'm a big fan of sitting down in the shower yeah, sometimes right? for a yeah. little rest. So can you do that? Yeah. I just need to, yeah. Hope that I can get back up, but I'm sure I can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's funny that you just, I just kind of, it's just normal for yeah, me now. Yeah. And I mean, and then there's moments like uh, lately I've been going through a lot of stuff. My um, The leg that I have left on that side is really swollen at the moment. So for the past four months, every morning, I haven't been able to put my leg on. So for the first hour of the day, I genuinely cannot put my leg on. Um, and it's not until I have things like that that really retest me again mm. that I'm like, oh, life is a bit annoying sometimes. Um, but apart from that, it's just, you know. Yeah. yeah. You say that you did have like growing up, I mean, of course everyone has body image mm. like issues and stuff, but what was yours? Did you get to a really dark place with it? Like, was it really horrible? Yeah, really bad. Um, I'm quite a, especially I think given what I've been through, I, I just never really thought or felt like people could relate. And I'm quite a, I just like to deal with things on my own. I hate sympathy. So it's not something I ever like talk to my parents about or anything like that. They clearly could see that I was struggling because I never wanted to go out or do things. Um, but yeah, I went through like a good year and a half in my early teens, kind of that age where people start going to parties and mm. start getting boyfriends and all that kind of stuff. And I just, and again, that was yeah five years after what I'd been through and A, that impact hit me, but also just, I just 
didn't feel I wanted to live in the body that I was in basically. And I remember, you know, I, I, this is not a joke. Like I cried myself to sleep for probably a good year or two. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was just, you know, why me, why did this happen to me? All that kind of stuff. And it just, it didn't make sense at the time. And I, I couldn't, I remember thinking that, you know, everyone's like, Oh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Everything happens for a reason. But I just, it's such a morbid thought, but I just remember not even wanting to be in the tunnel that I was in. I like, didn't care if there was a light at the end of the tunnel because I couldn't actually see that there was a possibility mm. that there was going to be a light. Um, and yeah, it was a scary place because I was never someone who kind of, I was always such a happy kid. And even now to think that I was in a place like that is quite strange. But yeah, it just, it's, it's, it was weird to be, um, I guess, living in a body that I didn't want to be in. And I was kind of, couldn't do the things that I wanted to be able to do. And, you know, even my family would all go for bike rides when I was a kid and I could no longer ride a bike, you know, so I would be on a scooter while they were on a bike. You know, I just constantly always felt different and not quite able. And then it took me about, I think it was a good couple of years that I was in that place. Um, and then a few things helped. Like I got some new prosthetics, which helped a lot. So I got a thigh that looked a lot more like a thigh, which sometimes, you know, and as much as I speak about just be comfortable in your own skin, also I just wanted to feel human, to yeah, be honest. And enough. that helped me feel, feel a bit more human. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I also, I remember making this conscious decision and I was actually talking to a friend about it today. And I, I remember saying to myself, I just need to try be confident. I just need to try be happy. I'm going to try this on and fake a smile and move on kind of attitude and just see what happens. And I remember faking it and just being like oh I, I love my body I love this weird leg and it eventually just stuck and it wasn't until probably about four years ago when I was in an interview and someone asked me if I would take back everything if I could change everything that I went through would I change anything and I instantly was just like no I would I wouldn't I would go so through it all again yeah um and that's kind of the moment that I realized that I wasn't faking it you know and I, I really loved my life and didn't care that things were sometimes a bit harder for me I just kind of found a way around so um yeah it was definitely a dark place but um and people often ask me you know what's my advice on helping someone get through a dark time but I and I don't think there's an answer for that because I think it's different for yeah. everybody um but for me it was actually just forcing myself to get out of the rut a little bit and just be like try find the happy and all of the sad in mm. a way um, and also allow myself to be in that time. Like I'd just gone through absolute hell. No one's expecting my life to be a hundred percent happy, you know, to, to know that it's a journey that I was on and that, you know, the, the sad part and the down part and the part where I question my body taught me so much and has led me to where I am right now. So I guess for me, knowing that it was a journey and I guess trusting in the people saying that there is a light somewhere at the end of the tunnel. It was yeah. Just well, you did. Get, I was going to ask, you've told, you've told us how you got through it, but like, it's incredible like that you got yourself you got yourself through it mm. and that's just that's epic did you like talk to anyone about it did you get any help no and it's something I I don't really like to say because I do think um help is really beneficial and probably if it was me right now I would be getting help for it but at the time well you weren't to know we like when we nah. get, when we're young we don't know these things like totally. when you're like 13 or whatever you don't know 100 you know? yeah. and I actually had a chat with my dad recently and he said that him and mum toyed for ages whether to force me to get some help and to see a counsellor just to prevent any kind of PTSD or anything that would come from my, from what I'd been through. Um, and then they saw that I was just, and and cause to be honest, I, this is just me at night when I was sad in bed alone and that kind of stuff during the day, you would not know. And it's not that I was faking it all the time. I no. genuinely was quite a mm. positive, happy kid majority of the time. But, um, and so mum and dad were concerned, you know, if, you know, it, if they didn't get seen to 
at a young age and kind of just work through all those things that it might come back in in my future. And then, yeah, I just never really saw help because they saw that I was doing okay. And I, and I was except for that, that small time in my life. So, um, but I think people, people are different. I'm not someone, I don't, I don't find it helpful for me to kind of talk about things sometimes I've found, but I've found different routes. You know, recently I've actually um, just started doing, what is it called? Um, EFT, which is emotional freedom tapping. Um, and I find that really interesting. So I definitely think people, if people can find people or find a way of help that, that yeah. suits them, I think it's important. But um, yeah, at the time I, I didn't, but I had an incredible support system as well, which helped a lot. Um, whereas not everyone's fortunate enough to have that. Mm. So um, were yeah. people nice to you? Like, did people were people horrible or tease you about it? No, or? I get asked that all of the time because people make the assumption, which I would assume as well, that you, you know, know people yeah. kids are horrible, right? Oh, they can be absolutely horrible. Yeah, kids are nasty. So, um, but I was really lucky. I think a large part of that was I went to a really small school and I'd been at that school before getting sick, and I went back to that school after I got sick, and I didn't leave for another three or four years or yeah, three years. Um, and so everyone knew me, everyone had been on the yeah. journey with me. So that helped. And then when I moved schools, I, I got nothing. It was That's really, great. yeah. And I think, um, I, I think a lot of that was because I was really confident about what I'd been through. I kind of bet them to it. You know, I would be like, Oh, this is what happened to my leg. And you know, I'd crack the odd leg joke because yeah. I'm quite lighthearted about it. And and it kind of gave no one any room to give me any shit, um, which was good. But, yeah, I I was really lucky. I've always had incredible friends, incredible teachers. I've had quite a few teachers at high school who actually had no idea until really? Yeah, one I had one teacher who he was my teacher for 3 years and I he went mum went to a teacher interview with him one day. And mum said something like, oh, is Jess, I think it was my maths teacher, is Jess okay in maths? Like I missed like a good year and a half of maths when I was in my kind of, when I was nine, when I'm learning mm. my like times tables yeah, and kind yeah. of the like crucial things, <laughs> yeah. um, which is why I, I say that I can't do maths now. Um, but <laughs> I'll blame <laughs> the cancer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Give me something. It's a good excuse. Yeah. <laughs> um, and mum was like, you know, because she missed a lot of school when she had cancer. And he was like, what? She had cancer? And like this dude had no idea that I had one leg. So um, a lot of the time people had no idea, but um yeah, it was, I was lucky I didn't. I think the thing with I you, Jess, is though, you live your life and you just don't, like, you don't really, I think, yeah, you just live your life and you, like, people don't, I, I know what you mean because I don't mm. really notice from your, like, from your life, you mm. don't, you don't really notice because totally. it's just like, you seem just, yeah, you're, you're really comfortable and confident with it mm. and you just, you, I mean, obviously you've done incredible things regardless. So, mm. like, I think you just get on with life, you know yeah, what I mean? Totally. And I So think, it doesn't really stand out much, I yeah, don't think. Yeah, I agree. I think. Yeah, we can wallow in our own self-pity a little bit too much. Mm. I think just got to get up and get on with it. Yeah. A little bit. I love that. <laughs> what about like with um like dating and stuff? Because oh, that's hard enough being a teenager, but like did, was that niggly at all for you? Um, Once I found my confidence and I found that's actually something that's really interesting lately. I've lost my confidence a little bit. Just a, I've been in my own little bubble because I've been doing work and trying to achieve some things. So been in my own. Um, I yeah, totally know what you mean. Little like, bubble. You can't do that. it all. You no, know, you like, can't do it all. And then I find once the less that you kind of get in the scene, the more, the less you want to. So oh, you yeah. kind of like, and then you lose. <laughs> you're like yeah. now I'm like don't let me go out in public I don't want to do that um <laughs> well, it's and, like the idea of like you mean I'd have to share my bed or yeah. like I can't watch Love Island like totally. all night if I want to you know like, what I'm I mean? like sadly content with my yeah, single life same. um <laughs> and I have some really great guy friends who are like my my substitute boyfriends yeah, so I'm yeah, like yeah. I'm good got, I've got it all like. totally but I should probably change my mindset on that at some point now nah, um, you're all good <laughs> but it's fine but um 
Yeah, so I, I think a large part of it is confidence. Like once I found my confidence when this was when I was really young, like I was fine with boys then um, and boys seemed to be fine with me, which was great. Um, That's lovely. Yeah, <laughs> it was cute. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so, you know, I've had, I, I, I think any issues that I have with dating is nothing to do with my legs. <laughs> it's just that dating you know, is so like, hard It's just and weird. dating <laughs> shit. Um, and I'm like really queen at friend zoning myself. I'm so oh, good at that. Really? Yeah, it's oh, one of mean, my best skills. Do you friend zone them or do they friend zone you? Uh, it's Bit neutral sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's worse, there's, I guess that's not the worst thing that could happen. It's not the worst. Like, I think I'm friends with everyone that I've ever dated really? in my life. Yeah. That's cool though. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm really fussy and I think that's also. That's good as well. People yeah. like, I think people like, I'm a big fan of like, you don't need to settle in any mm. aspect of your no, life. Like live your best, like I know it sounds real lame, but like literally no. live your best life. Like totally. why settle? Yeah. So I think being fussy, like as long as it's not neurotic, like yeah. it's fine. It's, totally. Like, and I think we're allowed to have like, you know, like, it's quite a big thing, like yeah. a relationship, you know, you it's, should have standards and stuff. Totally. And I think, you know, my life obviously has a lot of complications to it. So I choose who I let in on that. And also I think for me, when I was younger, I kind of, I don't know. I just, yeah. I think I, what I went through forced me to grow up really, really quickly. And I, at the age of nine was just surrounded by adults speaking a language. I don't even understand, you know, it's like I'm talking medicine world mm. and dealing with things that no nine-year-old should have to deal with or seeing things that no nine-year-old should have to see. So I think I grew up really quickly. So I struggled for a lot of my teen to early young adult life to relate to people my own age a little bit because mm. I felt like I was really on a different page because of the experiences that I'd been through in my life. So I had a really different mentality, I guess. Um, like I'd always find myself at family things, hanging out on the adults table, you know, not with all my people my age. So it's just kind of how I was. So I think I struggled a little bit to date in that sense because I, I, don't, I mean, boys are already less mature than girls. So, yeah. so you're like, I would um, have to be dating like a 40 year old at the age of like 15, probably. To like, match yeah, it's like, oh, it's not quite right yet. Maybe when you're a little bit older, you yeah, can do that. You totally. Know? So, and then, yeah, I kind of just, yeah. But in terms of my leg, I've been pretty lucky. I've had some pretty funny situations. Like, um, if you hook up, this is like a girls' podcast, oh, right? It is, we yeah. can have girl chat. You share what you want to share. It's, it's totally like up to you. A really funny story that I'm going to share because I just think it's a good laugh on your Monday. But um, this, I was hooking up with this guy once, and I assume he was like a friend of a friend, so I assumed he knew about my leg, <laughs> and we'd been partying, and I wasn't that drunk, and he was really drunk, and then we all went back to like the one friend's house, and then you know one thing led to another, and then we're hooking up, and then he's like really drunk like to the point where I like literally left the room because yeah, I was like, like okay, I don't want to yeah. go with someone this drunk and he's like you have a really squishy thigh but like only one of your thighs are really squishy and like in this real drunk voice and I was like oh my god this is not happening right now and just like completely lost it like die like laughing on the inside I'm yeah. not like an angry person and then I like couldn't deal with his drunkness so I just went outside like, <laughs> and then in the morning apparently he was like mortified and was oh. like to my friend like why didn't you tell me oh my god he would have <laughs> been yeah mortified but anyway Anyway, so there's been some funny, yeah. funny moments in my life that I can are, um, imagine. Just a good time, really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Did you find like you say that you found it hard to relate with some people the same age as you because obviously you well, what you'd been through and you probably were quite in some ways like a lot more advanced emotionally and, and mentally and everything. Did you manage to find like friends that you did connect with? Yeah, I've been lucky. I've had incredible friends my whole life through different stages. Um, and yeah, like my school friends were absolutely amazing. And I think 
at that age, I, I wasn't trying to connect with anyone on a crazy level. I kind of just wanted normality in my life. So we all gelled perfectly, um, which was great. Um, and and I think I maybe didn't, I, I was so open about my leg and everything I'd been through. So we, we talk about that a lot with my girlfriends growing up, but also I just didn't kind of let, like just didn't talk about the things that maybe didn't relate to them if I didn't need to, you yeah. know, I just kind of like, it is what it is. Um, but I think as I've gotten older, I definitely um, have found different people that, I, you know, a lot of my friends now, they have kids or they're, they're in their mid-30s or early 30s or whatever it is. And it's not that it's an age thing, but I've definitely um, just connected with different people. But I think we all do that. Yeah. I, think, I think we all, and I'm still really good friends with my school friends, which is amazing. And I connect with them because I was lucky to find that really cool core group of friends that did connect with me. So I guess the answer to your question is yes. Um, mm. But I do think different stages of, of our life bring different people in. Definitely, yeah. It's cool in that sense. So yeah, no matter what stage I've been in in my life, I've met people that I definitely gel with and yeah, yeah have kind of have been so amazing to me and I've been really lucky that everyone that's been special in my life, they've just never made me feel not normal, you know, which I love, you know, my two sisters, they're my best friends and they just have always kind of treated me like normal. So yeah, that's of course. really cool. Yeah. What about, you said that you were really sporty and I know that now you still like, obviously you've been a bit injured and we'll talk about that soon. Like mm. you've been able to learn to like walk and run and everything mm. Like, so during your teen years, did you, like you say, you know, you weren't able to take part in PE and stuff. Did mm. you sort of, did you set these challenges for yourself where you were able to start doing things like that? Yeah, I think for a really long time, I tried to get back into team sports and team sports for me are similar to group fitness classes that they're just a bit hard because I kind of am trying to match someone else's level or someone else's, you know, it's a really set, this is what you got to do kind of thing. Um, and I was amazing at netball before I lost my leg. And then after losing my leg, I realized I still wanted to play netball, but it was going to be hard because I couldn't run. And so I decided I'd get really good at goal shoot. And I could literally shoot anywhere inside or outside the circle. Like good. I would get that ball in every single time, but no matter what, I was always put in the bottom team because I couldn't run and I couldn't move around the court as well. And so that just got to the point where I was like, I'm so over this. Mm. Not that I had to be the best. I'm not really an overly competitive person. No, but, but fair enough. Like you should, yeah. you can still be in good teams. Like totally. You know, just made like it work for I was constantly in the bottom of people who like couldn't even catch a ball. Like it's hand eye coordination yeah. was not there. And I'm like, I am catching, I am shooting. I just can't move that quick. Like throw me a bone. It's ridiculous. So I got really. Like, I'm doing up. my best yeah. right now, everybody. <laughs> totally. I'm doing more than my best. Totally. Um, so that got really frustrating just to like see I was there and now I'm like down here and I'm still trying my best but not getting where I want. That mm. was frustrating. Um, so I actually found a love for the gym at that point. That was towards the end of high school and I probably got a little bit too obsessed with the gym. But for me, it was a place where I could compete only with myself and I really learned what I was capable of and I had a trainer and I was you know, I was doing crazy pull-ups and burpees and I was wow. doing, you know, boxing was something that I found that I loved because I could, I could box. It was largely upper body. I could move around on my feet mm. just as much as I needed to. And I could do it just as well as someone else. So yeah, I really found a love for that because I was just competing against me, um, which was really cool. And yeah, that's where my love for fitness kind of came in. And for me, it's always been about trying to just beat my abilities or, you know, I used to go to the Nike training classes with like Kirsty Godsell and Lydia O'Donnell back in the day and they'd be doing burpees and I was like, okay, I can't burpee, but I, I can one leg burpee, I'll figure this out. So it was just me constantly trying to figure out how to do things differently to everyone else, but get to the same point, I guess. Um, so that was really cool. And then, yeah, my life has kind of been lots of, lots of different injuries and stuff of 
prevented mm-hmm. me doing things. And then I realized that the only thing missing from my life that I couldn't do was running. Running was something that I was really good at and that I loved. I was just comp- began competing in track when I lost my legs. So really loved running, but I'd been told the surgery I had, I wouldn't be able to run. And I was, I, I listened to that for a long time. I tried as a kid, but it, it wasn't great. It, didn't it go must well. have been so hard. Cause like, yeah. I can't imagine like, yeah, like, because do you have to hold your leg and, like, your your thigh? Do you have to hold it? Like, how does it stay in there? Like, that would be so hard to run with it, like, nah, it not stays moving. In. It stays in. It's hard to imagine, but it, it can't come out, which is a good part. I went skydiving and they were really worried my leg was going to fall off. There's no way my leg could fall off, which is really good. Yeah. But it's it's a load thing and it's a bend thing. I, I can't yeah. bend my knee. I don't have a knee. Um, yeah. So And I don't have a quad. Um, so I don't have the muscles that you need to be able to run. Um, but I decided I'd order myself a running blade. So I did that. Um, that was about probably a couple of years before the Instagram life kind of happened for me. Um, and I, I decided I was going to learn to run. So I worked with a trainer literally every day and I was learning to run, took about nine months just doing like stability and getting used to actually being in the blade opposed to running in it. And then I eventually ran, which was amazing. And Ran at the studio where I trained. It was literally 50 meters, but I, I ran up and down. Yeah, that's and, epic. And I was like, oh my God, I've just like won oh, a gold medal. This is amazing. It's a big deal. Like <laughs> It was incredible. To be, to be doing something that, you know, doctors totally. have told you you would never do. And you're like, huh, yeah, I did it. Totally. <laughs> I found next? a way. I ran and it was absolutely amazing. And then I'm like, a, I'm an overachiever. Like, I just can't be like, yeah, I can run now. Like I wanted to run really <laughs> good. Like, I want about to sprint now. No, literally. So I... <laughs> It was January and I was like, I'm going to run 10Ks by the end of the year. I didn't know how far 10Ks was. It wasn't actually until later I was driving from my house to an appointment and I didn't know the best route to get there. So I put in the the destination. It was like eight kilometers. And I was like, you're joking? That's like over the bridge. Like that's really far. You're telling me that's only eight Ks. Um, So I learned really quickly that 10Ks is far. Um, But I was adamant I was going to do it. So I got a running coach. We trained every single day. And I got to October of that year. I was training with Lydia O'Donnell as well, and um, I'd run 600 meters, so further than 50 meters. That's but still really good. No way near 10 yeah. k's. And I, but I was like, I'm going to get to 10 k's. And then I found myself in the office of, or room of a specialist, and I was having a little bit of pain in my calf, which is what I thought was a little bit of pain in my calf. And he was like, You don't have a little bit of pain. You've got a stress fracture in your calf oh, that you've been no. running on. And I was like, Oh, he's <laughs> oops. <laughs> I'm not good bad. with pain. Like I have. Like my pain tolerance is just like, no, it's just a bruise. And they're like, yeah, well, no, it's broken. You, well, what you've been through, <laughs> yeah, like, totally. you know, I'm pretty sure you can handle pain, girlfriend. I like a little bit pain. of that in your, in your leg. You're like, that's nothing. I lost a leg, <laughs> you know, totally. like, yeah. Which is a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Um, and so I gave up running. Um, so I haven't really run since. And yeah, and then Dancing with the Stars, that was another one of those. I got approached to do that and I laughed in their face and said, there is no way I'm dancing. Like, I'm not good at walking and balance is terrible. So, and like, did you, yeah, like wearing heels? as well yeah and like I was like dancing that looks hard like my sister's a dancer a really good one and I was like no like I can't bend I I fall over I slip um balance not good um and I was like if I want to learn how to dance let's not do that on live tv in front of a million people because that's just a recipe for disaster um but you did it but I said yes and I did it and we came third which was crazy um so that was another experience in my life where I guess I just I, like each week Johnny and I would come up with a new dance and he'd show me a dance move and I was like, you want me to do what? Like, And I'd never worn heels in my whole entire life. Yeah, you wouldn't have. I can't wear heels if I'm in my normal prosthetic, but a blade, you don't wear a shoe on that side so I could just make my blade to the height of a heel. Um, and so that was one of the, that was a hard part of the show for the, I didn't get feeling back in my big toe. Yeah, my big toe until like a month after the show. Ooh. It just like cut all my nerves because I hadn't worn heels. Um, so yeah, that was a big challenge. But again, I just... You know, 
found ways to do things, which was really, really cool. Um, and I still look back on some of those dances and I'm just... Oh, you were incredible. It's like, just crazy what you can do when you put your mind to it, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I found I found a love for moving my body, I guess, in that sense of just figuring out what I can and can't do. And mm. when I think I can't do something, I just try to find a way to do it and don't stop until I fracture my leg. Um, mm. And then, yeah, I usually get injured. You know, I'm injured since Dancing with the Stars because it... I, I put probably 70% yeah. of my weight through my good legs, so it's pretty bad. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure another challenge will come that I'll I'll want to hit. But um, When yeah. did the um, – so you – when did the modelling stuff start? So was that – you went – after school you went and studied fashion. Mm-hmm. So talk us through when did that start happening because that's when, like, you know, a lot of the stuff started yeah. happening for you. So talk us through that. Yeah, I actually – I've weirdly – dabbled like very dabbled like lightly in modeling I've always been asked to do the odd like hair modeling thing when I was growing up and even like since losing my leg I just the odd thing at uni I was always used as the fit model and all that kind of stuff just with my peers so I'd done a little bit of of stuff um and then the photo shoot that I did that went viral it wasn't even me as a model I mean I was the model in the photo but I didn't have an agency or anything like that I just um I just got in my blade at the time And I'd always had this dream of this young girl walking to school and I wanted her to see someone like myself on a billboard because I just thought it was so sad that all she was seeing was this cookie cutter mold of perfection. And this was three, four years ago where there wasn't as much stuff as there is now. And I just, I don't know, I just had this weird dream and I, um, yeah, I just, I was talking to John O'Parker who took the photos and he was a friend of mine and um, we were just like, let's do a cool photo shoot with the blade, like just for some fun. I had a thousand Instagram followers. I, it was nothing for social media. I just wanted to create some content and um, I thought maybe if I did the images, I could send them to a modeling agency and tell them and be like, hey, I think let's it's time to change. Let's yeah. try to get signed to an agency and see what I could do. Um, and then I did the photo shoot, put it on my Instagram and a week later it went viral. So, um, and then I got approached by Natural Models LA, which was, um, just before Dancing with the Stars, I got approached to sign with them. Um, so I've been with them since then. Um, but can't do too much work up there at the moment just with visa situations. But, um, yeah, so I'm signed to them. And then last week I got signed to Bella Models in Australia, which well is really done. cool. That's yeah. So cool. And I've got some exciting stuff coming up in Australia that I'll hopefully be announcing this yeah. week. Um, so yeah, it's really, it's cool for me. I have no aspiration of being a model and I say that very openly. Um, I didn't grow up wanting to be a model, but for me, it's, for me, it's an opportunity. I can use my image to try shake the industry mm. and I, and I, for me, it's practicing what I preach, mm. you know, or I actually read a cool thing the other day and it said, don't, don't practice what you preach, preach what you practice. And I think that's really yeah. cool. Um, so yeah, it's just me actually doing what yeah, I want to exactly. do. It's all well and good to me to be, see, say that we need more diversity when I could jump up there and do that. So yeah, um, yeah that's what modeling is for me is just an opportunity to do that. And I'm learning a lot through it. You know, I'm often, I haven't done heaps of modeling, um, but do the odd thing um and you know I'm sometimes just the token you can see I'm the token diverse chick at the yeah. at the photo shoot but at I'm least like, they're trying their good. best at least they're doing it yeah totally um and it's been fun too well not fun but it's been interesting to talk to an industry um and you know I, I tell them I'm like I don't want my images retouched are you planning on retouching them and yeah it's been cool to kind of have that conversation with some experts in in the industry so um, yeah, the modeling things, it's interesting. You learn, <laughs> you learn a lot about the reality of the industry when you're starting to get into it. Um, but I'm also 
enough on the outskirt because they kind of just dabble when yeah it's when not yeah it's not on. like your full-time thing although it's give, you know there's it's a lot of opportunities have come from yeah. that which is cool and it's been incredible to see how much people have changed over the last yeah. three years I think when you say that blo- photo blew up and changed a lot of things like how much did it blow up like you know like did you went from a not that not that we're saying followers are important mm. and stuff but like you know like just so we can you went from like a thousand followers like kind of like what people have with their friends yeah. then how much did it blow up it was like, mental um, and I would, I wish I could, cause that photo still goes viral every now and again, I get another surge of followers overnight and it's often that, that photo shoot mm. just still going around somewhere. So I wish I could just track and see how many people have seen that image because yeah. it would blow my mind. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I had about a thousand followers, the photo shoot, which were just friends. Um, and then I literally woke up the next day. I was with my friend actually when it started going viral and <laughs> This is kind of funny. We'd just been talking. He was telling me that you could buy followers. And this was, I knew nothing about social media. And yeah. I was like, no, you can't buy followers. And he was like, no, it's so weird. You can actually buy followers. He was like, I could buy you followers right now. And we were out at dinner. And then we go back to his house. He's the kind of person that would do something like that. Like, just Please to kind don't. of <laughs> just piss me off. And then I go back to his house and my phone just literally starts blowing up, like just lighting up with all of these like comments and followers and stuff. And I was like, what is going on? And then I just look at him and I was like, Jesse, are you actually kidding? And he was like, I swear to God, I did not just buy you followers, but it turned out that that photo shoot had just started going viral. So, and I was like, okay, whatever. I'm just getting a couple of followers. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and then I woke up the next day. I had 10,000, um, which was crazy. And I went to work. And, that's a lot overnight. Yeah. I went to work. I didn't quite know what to do with myself. I was, um, one of my good school friends is Danny Robinson, who did The Bachelor and stuff. And she had a, quite a decent following. So I went to her and I was like, Danny, I don't know what to do with followers. Like, help me. <laughs> and she was like, she was really great. And um, we kind of just had a laugh about yeah. it. And I was like, cool, I'll end on 10,000 followers. That's fine. Um and then, yeah, my like work was getting calls from Seven Sharp and it was just all going a bit crazy. It was, I went on the, got featured on Daily Mail on Huffington Post. It just went kind of crazy around the world. Um, and then, yeah, within the space of three months, I had 70,000. That's crazy. And then, eh? Yeah. Three years Social later, media. I'm at, I think, 180,000. So it's weird. Um but it, yeah, social media is so weird. It's, it's so weird. It's like, yeah. boom. It's cool though because it means that you can share your message and what you're trying to yeah. like share. You can share it with so many more people and it's totally. from a genuine place as well. You're not just trying to, you know, like yeah. buy this product. Yeah, or, totally. You know, like, yeah. It's been cool to build a platform and I've learned a lot about um, the industry, social media itself. Mm. Um, and I'm lucky. I, I've, I've got to a place where I, I'm a brand ambassador for some really incredible brands um, and we work together on massive projects. You know, like I'm ambassador for Swiss, um, the supplement company, and we've got a campaign coming up soon that literally speaks to what I'm doing and they did that because of what I'm doing. Like it was such a collaborative mm. piece that, you know, for me it's just so cool to have these opportunities. And, yes, it's social media, but it's, you know, these are big campaigns that are going to be going around. So, um, yeah, I'm really lucky to have people like that that I can work with and help change the industry in that way so I wouldn't have that without my social media platform. Yeah. How long did it take before you were doing your like, you know, you what you're doing as a full-time job? You you left your job mm. that you were in. Like what job were you in? Yeah, I was working um at a company called Ortex, so they do a lot of acoustic stuff, um and I was a product designer for them. I'd worked a year before that at the Auckland Hospital doing design for the Auckland Hospital, and then yeah, about a year at this other place doing design. Um and I remember having the conversation with my boss. Obviously, they all knew what was going on because Seven Sharp was calling my work. Yeah. And I, I was all of a sudden going off to all these photo shoots and doing weird interviews. Yeah. Um, and he was like, you 
basically have to make a choice. Like he said it in a nice way. Like he knew that I, I went to him saying, I don't know what to do. Um, and he said, I can see something great happening for you here, but I can also see something great if you stayed here and worked in the industry. So um, he was like, you just need to follow your heart. And I mm. just said, I, my gut's telling, and I've always been a gut instinct mm. person. I was like, my gut's telling me, I have no idea what this is. I don't want to be a social media influencer, but I can see this going somewhere. Um, so yeah, I left my job. I think it was probably, probably six months or three, three to six months after um, it started, my, I started getting a following. Um, and I was at a point then where I was working with some brands and that gave me the opportunity to know that I was going to be able to kind of survive. I was living at home, which was also helpful. Yeah. Um, so the risk wasn't too intense. And you could but, always go get another job. You and know I knew I mean? that. Yeah. yeah. I had a degree. I'd worked hard at my degree. Mm. I knew that I could go back to it if I wanted, but I also knew in my gut that I had something here and I, I'd always known I wanted to do something with my story. I just didn't know what that was going to be. And now that's my life. It's important. Like it's, I'm a big fan of people following what they're meant to be doing. And Mm. like, this is, I think this is what you're meant to be doing. So Mm. like the universe in a weird way kind of made it happen. You know what I mean? So like you're, you're living your purpose. Like none of that, what happened to you when you were a kid is like, you've grown, you grew so much as a person from it and it's mm. not a waste. And now you can help so many other mm. people with it. You know mm. what I mean? So I think that's so great. Yeah. When I look back in hindsight, it all, it all connects quite perfectly. It's, it's, yeah. As crap as it is. As crap as it is. It's definitely led me to where I am and it's, it's so much bigger than me, which is what I, I try. I put too much pressure on myself probably, but it's, you know, it's not, I don't, a social media is amazing, but it's, it's, it's a platform for me. You mm. know, it's not, it's, I, there's so much that I want to do from what I've learned through my story. You know, I mean, one part of my job is literally speaking my story. I, I speak. So that's really cool. But then there's this other side of things that I want to do, like this petition and all these different things that are just me learning from what I've gone through. So, yeah, I, yeah I'm really lucky that I get yeah. to go and do it all. You said that you didn't really want to be like a social media influencer. Like, <laughs> but I think the thing is, I think it's really <laughs> cool because when I think about well, you think about the word influencer. Yeah, I agree. People, are, like, I know there's a bit of a funny, like, look around it. And I've got some friends who are incredible influencers. Mm. But what I think for me, and this is my, like, my view, and I think you probably are a little bit similar because you're, this is what you're doing. Mm. I think of influencers as people who actually influence people, yeah. you know, like they're totally. with empowerment and like yeah. with a positive message and things. Not yeah. And nothing against people who are doing other things. That's mm. what they're doing. Totally. But you you actually, but you are influencing, but in a really cool way, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what put you off? Was it that sort of perception? I think it's the connotations of mm. what it is. And also for me, I obviously would love to influence people to change in so many different ways or to bring change, you know, different industries to create change, like the petition, all that kind of stuff. But I think for me, like my one thing has always been, I want to make sure I stand for something outside of social media because of social media, not, not because I'm scared social media is going to go away. I'm sure it will at some point, but I just think I don't want my purpose to be yeah. showing people my life. You know, I want my purpose to be doing something with my life, I guess. Um, so, but in saying that I'm like, I love the community that I've built. They're the coolest people. Yeah. Like, you know, I get messages when I like, Sometimes I don't post on Instagram for a week and people will be like, hey, are you okay? Like, how's your leg going? Like, or they'll see me in the so street thoughtful. and they're like, you know, it's just like, it's so cool. So I don't want to sound like I'm not grateful for that. I'm so grateful no, it for that. doesn't sound like but you're not grateful. I yeah. just, yeah, for me, there's just so much more out there. Um, and I think, you know, the connotations of, of being a social media yeah. influencer, unfortunately, have been, um, have been, I guess, um, 
yeah, tainted with detoxes and stuff like that that I am really against. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, I'd be super rich if I'd said yes to doing some detox ads. But That's the thing, I think, that. like, so people who don't out in that sort of world probably don't understand, but, you know, you do get approached by a lot of different people. So and I think with you, it's quite good because you're quite – you're authentic and you actually do, and a lot of people do, align themselves with things that actually mm. fit. You don't just say yes to everything and anything. No, no. So talk us through that. Like, obviously you're, you've got like a purpose and you sort of, yeah. you sort of, did you get a manager fairly yeah. early on? Is yeah. that how that worked? Yeah. yeah. So I'm really lucky at the beginning, as I said, I spoke to Danny cause I was like, help. And then Danny put me on or reminded me of a guy that we went to school with who was in the social media and this is like this is four years ago there wasn't as many influences around and stuff so I really didn't know what to do and so he kind of gave me some guidance and then I kind of joined a modeling agency a little bit and tried to get some help there but they didn't really know what to do in the social media space and then I just luckily got put to um, Brooke Howard Smith who works for part owns a company called We Are Tenzing and yeah instantly I just knew that that's what I was about because I'd always known like I, I wanted to do something bigger with this platform at the time it was small but it was a platform that I had um, and my first meeting with him, like their company is all about helping people with purpose and getting them to kind of align with brands or with um, charities or whatever it is that helps them with their purpose. So I knew instantly that that's the path that I wanted to go mm. down. So that's helped me a lot. Um, and I said to Brooke in that first meeting, I said two things. I said, one, if I'm ever making decisions on money, I'm out. Like if I, if I get an opportunity and the only it, goes against all my values but it's great money and I say yes then just shoot me now because that's not my yeah. purpose you know so I said that um and I was something else I was about to say which has gone out of my head but um yeah I just I just really I wanted to play the long game at yeah. it I wanted to make something out of it and build I guess a brand for myself yeah. and Brooks and the team there have been incredible in that sense and it's always been about kind of a bigger picture and for me it's about knowing my values and what, I mean, not nothing's going to be perfect. You know, a brand might have six out of your seven values or something, you know, but for me, it's, it's knowing that the, the purpose is right and that it sits in with what I'm doing. And yeah, mm. I think, yeah. Yeah, no, that sounds great. I, I totally agree. I think that's epic. And um, what are this? We talk a lot about self care and everything. I know that you've been going through a bit of a rough patch at the moment because you've been injured Talk us through that and then I want to sort of talk more about like your self-care. So what's sort of been happening for you lately? Yeah, so it's kind of been ongoing. I've gone throughout my life. I've had some big kind of, you know, I had chronic pain syndrome for about two years, which was horrific. Um, I couldn't even put on a sports bra because like my chronic pain was in my back and my neck and it was just way too much pain on my shoulders. So I've gone through different times in my life um, that have really tested me, I guess, which has been amazing because it's taught me my self-care practices, I guess. Um, But yeah, recently I'm kind of going through another one of those um, moments in life where it's just not a good season. Um, So I got injured after dancing with the stars. Well, I say it was around that time. I'm assuming it was probably a little bit too much dancing. Um, And yeah, so my good leg got injured after that show. And then that's so that I'm just yeah like it was an injury pretty normal injury it should last about six weeks and I've still got it about seven eight months later so um things just kind of hang around in my body a little bit longer and it's hard to heal my good leg when I use that leg so much so um that's been really really frustrating but I'm really lucky at I'm partly really good at it, but also really lucky that I seem to get connected with amazing people. I'm good at building a great team around me, but also, yeah, I'm lucky in the sense that I just keep finding amazing people to help me. 
Um, like I've got an incredible acupuncturist, I've got an incredible chiropractor and another lady who helps me with kind of supplementation and, um, you know, the holistic kind mm. of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a pretty average time mm. definitely because, you know, I get up in the morning, I'm like, I just want to go for a walk. And I'm like, I can't go for a walk. Um, so you're not able to like walk at the moment. Nah, really much. No, I can't, which is frustrating. Um, I've just, I took six months off training, which if, anyone knows me that's a lot <laughs> like I'm I love the gym it's yeah. my place it's my it's my place where I feel kind of human I feel like I can do all the things um and Dancing with the Stars I trained 10 hours a day minimum for three months so I was in my complete element just pushing my body to the limits and then to just stop was a bit hard but I actually came up I, I kept training after Dancing with the Stars doing my own training and then I realized I was a bit sore and um, I said to myself, I'm, like, I'm just going to take a month off. Like, this is going to be a hard month, but I'm, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's for my mental health. I need to do this. Um, and yeah, seven, six, seven months later, I was yeah. still not back at training, um, which was hard. But um, it's it's been actually a really crap six or seven months, but a really interesting six or seven months because I've learned so much about myself. And it's also been kind of cool because I, I talk about all these things all day long. I talk about loving your body no matter what it can do. I talk about, you know, all this kind of stuff. But I also realized that I'd got my body to a place where it was pretty much functioning absolutely normally. So to almost be put to the test again is kind of good that mm. I know that I'm still, um, I guess, believing the things that I say. And I think as much as it sucked, it's been kind of cool to have that um, reassurance and that, um, I guess, mindset that I can get through things. Um, and yeah, I've found different practices. You know, I've, I've gone a lot more down a spiritual, I've always been very holistic, but I've gone down even more holistic path. So I've kind of been open to a lot more different things. I can definitely say I used to overtrain a lot because I loved it so much, but I've learned it's not good for my body. It's not good for my stress levels. And, um, I was, if anything, probably putting weight on from training Mm. so much. Um, and so I I've think learned, a lot of us have had to learn, like in yeah. different situations, have had to learn to slow down. Like yeah, it's not about down. doing high intensity nah. exercise all the time. You like yoga or just even totally. like lying down and stretching or like yeah, just breathing. lying down and meditating. Like Breathing is like the one thing a, I've learned. I went to a meditation the other night where I literally lay down for an hour and listened to a yeah. gong being played. Like years ago, I'd have been like, no. Like, and you probably felt better than going to the gym. Oh, it was, it, yeah. you've just got to listen to your body. And I 100%. think a lot of the time it's like, you know, like work out, like you'll totally. feel great. And it's like, yeah, you do, but you need to slow down as well. Slow down a hundred. And that's, and that's exactly like, mm. you just put that perfectly. That's exactly what I've learned in the last six or seven months. And as much as I want to speed up a little bit, um, but I've, I, it's been great to learn those practices. And then, yeah, my, my not as good leg, my prosthetic side that gave out about four months ago. Um, so I was actually traveling and I got some swelling in the bottom of the, of the leg that I have left there. And I thought it was from the flight. And so I was icing it and I was on this work trip and it was Ow. horrible because I couldn't put it on my leg. Yeah. Um, and I was like, it'll be fine soon. And then it's kind of never gone away. And it, it had moments where it would come back and come back and go again. Um, and then now it's pretty much stayed, which is really frustrating. So, um, but the hardest part, about that for me is, as I mentioned earlier, I was the first one to have the surgery that I had in New Zealand and it's really rare and it's really unusual and biomechanically it makes zero sense at all. Um, it's called a rotation plasty. If anyone wants to Google it, it's a lot easier to just Google it, which is why I haven't yeah. explained it. Um, but, you know, for me, it's frustrating because I have to just listen to my body because there's no one out there to tell me, no, this is what's happening in your body. You know, every test or anything can come back clear and 
yeah, no, it doesn't make sense to anyone because it's so rare that it's mm. never going to make sense. So that's been really testing because um, I have to figure it out myself a little bit. Um, so I've been trying to get in touch with people around the world who have had the same surgery and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, is there anything they can do to like help you with it? Like obviously, there's people I've, that can help, but like, can they fix that? pain that you're getting yeah I I'm just trying to figure out what it is um it's getting a little bit better like most days in the last couple of weeks touch wood I've been able to put on my leg it's not back to normal but it's kind of like halfway good yeah um whereas recently like I've had to spend days in bed because I literally can't put on my leg um but I found acupuncture's really really been helping which is awesome um but it's yeah another time where it's frustrating because you know other people are like, oh, I took this for my swelling. It helps so much. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. I wish it was that easy. Yeah, like, yeah. You're like, I wish I could just put some anti-flam on there totally. and we'd be like, down to normal in no time. People are like, go on a vitamin C drip. It's great for you. And I'm like, yeah, oh, it was that easy. That easy. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but as I said earlier, um, without trying to sound like I'm trying to be um, positive, positive pants over here, but it has been interesting and awesome to know that I still stand by the things that I say that I believe in. It's been I think these times as well can give you a lot of perspective and like Mm. they're like mentally it's probably been really tough on you. Mm. Like you probably had days where you just like feel like absolute Mm. POS, like piece of crap, you know, basically like is that been really hard for you? Really hard, especially especially now because I think um I've I, I am this positive person and, I, and I'm really known for that now. So I, if, uh, to, to kind of admit that I'm not okay is kind of really mm. hard. Um, and the longer it goes on, the harder it gets. And I think the hardest thing for me is even when like my on Instagram, for example, or in my speaking, you know, I'm, I'm really honest. If I'm having a bad day, I'll say I'm having a bad day, but at the same time, you don't want to live in a bad day for a really yeah, long time. Yeah, I know time. what you mean. It's a it's a hard juggling act, yeah. isn't it? Because it's you're like you want to be honest, but you don't want to be like. I know what you mean. Totally. Like, yeah, I know totally. And what also, you mean. I think you know, I tomorrow, for example, I have four different appointments related to my leg or getting things helped or talking to people about it. And then, not that I, people expect me to do this, but my Instagram is me living my life and sharing my story. So to then talk about my leg some more and what's going on, and then to go home and write my talk that I'm speaking next week, for example, which is on my leg again. It's yeah. kind of like almost too much noise. So um, I've really slowed it down in the last yeah. couple of months. Um, so, yeah, it's been interesting. Um, but I'm trying to keep uh, preaching what I'm practicing, which yeah. is slowing down and just knowing that it's a season and um, looking back on times when I didn't think I would be able to get through and that it was going to end and it did end. So I think just trusting that this is all just teaching me something. Totally, <laughs> completely. And that's the thing, like, you know, you need to rest it because mm-hmm. if you keep going, I had chronic, it's totally different, but I had chronic fatigue earlier this oh, year. it was horrible. It was so horrible. Yeah. And like I was, I'd really toned down what I was doing exercise wise, but in the end, like, I had to stop exercising mm-hmm. for like, I think it was like three months. Yeah. I did little bits of yoga, but like literally like the tiniest amounts of basically stretching. Mm-hmm. And it is hard, but so I got hard. to a point where I was like, you have to stop. Like, and my naturopath was like, you need to stop because mm-hmm. you're not going to get better. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so you stop. And it's bloody hard, especially so when hard. you're a person that's like, I've like, I grew up very active, did totally. dancing. Like I was very sport, you know, like, yeah. so, and then not be, to not be able to exercise when it's something that, is yeah. like helps your mental, your like your mental 100%. health as well. Like, but yeah. but then you learn to cope, and it kind of gives you perspective what it 
for me, it gave me perspective of what it's like for other people. Yeah, totally. And so I can then have more empathy for others and yeah. understanding. And it's hard, I think. It's especially hard living with those invisible illnesses, I think. You know, like the whether it's mental mental health or if it's the chronic pains or the chronic um, uh, fatigues and all that kind of stuff. Oh. I've, I've had all of them. And they're hard because you start to think you're, it's in your head. You know, you think... Oh, maybe it's not that sore, or maybe I'm not that tired. Maybe I'm just feeling unmotivated. People or, you just know, don't understand. You kind of question yeah. yourself a little bit, which is which can be kind of scary. Yeah. But you've just got to trust your body and, and just look after it. Look after it. So, yeah. what are some of your go to? I mean, you sound like you look after yourself really well. What are some of your go to self care practices that you sort of rely on a lot? Yeah, I'm um I'm learning. <laughs> um, meditation's been one for me. I um, but I don't want to say that to sound like I'm I'm really good at it in terms of scheduling it it's all bloody the time. hard to do it's, like, yeah. it's hard to to you know you wait I'm a really go 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 person I'm an active relaxer I just it's how I've always been yeah um so to just actually sit down for 10 minutes in the morning is um sometimes used to not be a priority so I'm trying to make it a priority I'd say I do that about five out of seven days at the moment nice. um I'm learning on one thing that I know would help me a lot is if I just stuck to things and just meditate just do it 10 minutes do your stretching and art you know but it, it's hard to to keep the routine. Um, but yeah, meditation's one that I, I've seen the benefits through it. Mm. So it's why I get grumpy with myself when I don't do it. Cause I'm like, you know, this is going to make you yeah. feel better. Keep doing it, girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, and I found um, the app Insight Timer has been amazing. I love that. I started on Headspace and all those kind of apps, but um, I got sick of hearing the same guy's voice yeah. all the time. So Insight Timer is cool because it's lots of different. It's like YouTube for meditation. So mm. um, you get lots of different things. So I've loved that. Um, and you know, when I was in LA, I went to a class, um, a place called Unplug, which, um, Camilla from Dancing with the Stars, she's one of the judges and she works there. And, um, I found that really, I found that really cool. It was 40 minutes a day of meditation and I loved that. So I did see the benefits. So I'm like, I need to find a way to incorporate that in my life. Cause right now I can't actually meditate 40 minutes a day cause it's yeah. a really long time. Even um, when you, honestly, my, so I've been trying to do it in the mornings as well, but at nighttime, when you go mm, to sleep, put one on. Yeah. Totally. Like that's such a good time because you're going to be lying down in bed. Even if you fall totally. asleep, apparently your subconscious it's, still yeah, listens. It does, so, yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's a good time to do yeah, it. I agree. Yeah. And I've been trying to do it. I've got a couple that I really like that I do first thing even before I get out of bed because then I'm like, this just means you get to lie in bed for next yeah, two more that's what like, I like about it. I'm like, oh, a little extra lion, but it's doing something good. <laughs> it's doing great. And yeah. I think um, something Camilla actually said in a in a um, meditation that I went to of hers, and because, you know, people are like, oh, but I'm really bad at meditating. Like, there's too much noise in my head. I can't switch mine off. And she said that, um, she said, there's no way you can't, you can't be bad at meditation. Meditation actually just helps you get better at life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's so true. Like, you're not meditating to get better at doing meditation. You're getting meditating to get better at doing life yeah and I think that's really cool because I notice I notice the instant benefits of meditation I feel clear I feel better in the moment but you definitely notice the long-term benefits when you've been doing it for a mm. while um so that was a really long answer to meditation no, being good. one of my I things love that. Um, no it's very important we need to talk about those things more yeah, yeah. I think meditation is one of them um breathing is something which goes in hand in hand with meditation but I've learned that I've pretty much gone through most of my life without actually learning to breathe properly. Mm. I had to go to a breathing coach, but um, yeah, I was pretty much hyperventilating my way through life. So learning to breathe has been important. Um, so I do that. This sounds so basic, no, but it's I, not. It's, it's actually good. crazy how important these things like breathing you think that we all do that most of us don't do it very well well it's the fastest way to like calm your nervous system like it yeah, tells totally. your body like it's the fastest 
Dr. Libby I've had on before, mm. she she has said like it's the fastest way to tell your body it's safe is by doing deep, deep breathing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think they say to calm the parasympathetic yeah. nervous system. I, gonna, I didn't want to try saying that because it's <laughs> bloody hard to say. That's like, a hard word. Yeah. But I think they say slow on the in, longer on the out. So I usually do like a five breath in and a seven breath out. Um, and apparently that gets your nervous system and your muscles into Good a state tip. where they want to relax. Mm. Um, I've started doing yoga. For me, I've always wanted to get into yoga. But again, it's really hard for me to go to group fitness classes yeah. because um, – they're doing things that I can't do. Um, and yoga, I'm pretty much one-sided on my yoga. You know, if, I, if I'm if i in a class where it's like, now do the right leg, I just like, do the left leg again. Yeah. So the left leg has a bloody great time. But um, <laughs> Your left leg, is your left leg your... It's a machine. It must be so strong. It's injured at the moment, but when it's not injured, like I can pistol squat and it's crazy. Wow, People are like, watching crazy. you get off, up off the ground is crazy. I'm like, Whoa. yeah, I know, it's mental. Um, it's strong. But um, yeah, so I've started seeing um, Kylie Rook, who's, she does yoga with Kylie. She does some amazing classes at Studio Red actually but I see her for one-on-one yoga um, which is just an investment that I've made into my health really because I was like so I, worth it when yeah, you do these things 100% yeah. I was like I want to be able to do yoga and I need to start by actually learning how to that I can properly for do it for my body, body. yeah, yeah. So then when I go to a class one day I can be like oh I can do this instead yeah um, so yeah yoga's been great um, being what else have I done um I'm, I take a lot of supplements and all that kind of stuff. Um, same. I like feel like a chem- great. feel like I, a chemist, same. a natural chemist sometimes. Same, but I love it's it. Unreal. I love it too. Um, <laughs> so I'm on all the things. Yeah. Um, what else have I got? I, I've I've just found time for me, which yeah. has been really important. Um, maybe too much time. My social life will probably say, but um, it's no, been it's good. I reckon it's been yeah. important to just find the slow and. You know, I mean, I'm lucky that I can afford to do these things. I mean, meditation and yoga, you can do at home for free. But, um, you know, if I'm feeling really stressed, I'll book myself in for a facial because I just need to check out for yeah. a hot minute. Um, and, yeah. There's just, so, yeah, there's so many things. Like a lot of people lot of you think that you can't afford, like, self-care, but self-care doesn't have to cost anything. Like, no. I, in fact, if you can find a way to do it for free. It's sit outside yeah, or it's actually the free the stuff. Yeah. Or, like, you know, listen to it. There's, like, free – um, exercise or uh, mm. yoga classes on YouTube. So like, many that um, yoga with Adrian. Oh, I Amazing. love her. She's so She's funny. She's so great well. with her little dog. I'm just like, oh, it's not little, she but she always like, cracks so funny cute. jokes too. She'll I be know, like, but like real awkwardly because yeah. it's just her sitting there. So, I love her. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Um, yeah. And what about like? Are you quite big on like what like eating well and stuff? Yeah, I've always been a very um, very into that. Yeah, same. I, really well. Well, it does affect how you feel. Like, yeah. I noticed that. Yeah, it definitely does. And I've been struggling a lot over the last couple of years with some hormones which has been related to stress I think um so I've been trying to support my body where I can so I'm just trying to figure out what 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 that needs um but also I must say I've um I've got into a place where I've I've had to learn that nutrition's not my problem I've always eaten well so sometimes when things aren't going to plan and you don't feel like your body's reacting how it should be because of what you're putting in and what you're putting out it it kind of gets frustrating. And I'm like, wait, but I'm eating all the right yeah. things. So I've had to kind of let go of that and be like, you're doing good. Like you don't have to eat perfectly. Eat your chocolate bar yeah. and just maybe have a little bit of less stress in your life. Go sit on the beach, you know? So Totally. Stress is like, yeah, you can do all the right things and, you know, still yeah. not be where you want to be. But stress, man. Stress is huge. <sighs> and I think just learning, taking the time to learn what's right for you, you know, mm-hmm. what not to take it back to Instagram, but what's right for someone that you follow or a friend of yours might not be right for you, you know? So, yeah. um, and yeah, we've just gotten so busy. 
Like I, I try find the time. I'm again lucky that I work for myself, so I've got flexible time in my day. But if I'm on my way to appointment, I'll get there 20 minutes early so I can go sit outside and take a deep breath. Or you Good. know, like just try find that time in yeah. your day to actually just chill and enjoy life a little bit. Yeah, we're so obsessed with being we're so busy so and doing all it. of the things. It's like, <laughs> yeah. chill out. I know. Yeah. yeah. What is something you would tell, I always ask my guests this, what is mm. something you would tell your younger self? I'm sure there's a lot you would be able to tell your younger self mm. now knowing what you know, but what is something you would tell your younger self? To just keep going, really. I I think about this a lot. I've, I've been asked this a couple of times and I, I, I always want to say – an answer, but I also wouldn't want to have changed the tra- trajectory of my life. You know, I think every, every like I'd, it'd be great to eliminate all the bad times and, you know, all that kind of stuff, but I learned so much from all of that kind of stuff. So I wouldn't actually tell myself to avoid anything or stay clear of anything. I think I had to go through everything that I went through. Um, but, yeah, to just, I think to just know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel because mm-hmm. there really is, I think. I think that's the most important thing that I would want to tell myself and to tell everyone else. Um, no matter what you're going through, things things get better and that we all have the power within us to do that ourselves. Um, I think, yeah, just trust it. Mm. Life's pretty awesome if we if we let it be. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You've given us some advice already, but what is some is there any other advice you would give uh, anyone listening that's maybe going through something tough or wants to achieve some epic things like you are, what would you tell people? Mm. My life motto is you've got this. I've got it printed on my wall and I just, I honestly think it goes down to everything. Like if you're nervous for a job interview, like you've got this, like it's just the coolest man- mantra to have in your head. Um, or if you're struggling something, I just, I think I read a quote and it's that, we're all a ma- we're a match for all of our mountains, and I I so believe that we don't get given anything in life that we can't handle. So no matter what you're going through, you can definitely handle it, and to not compare your life to other people's because I can guarantee you the person that you're comparing yourself to is going through something that you don't want to go through either. You know, so mm. um, you know as you can see, I'm a real quote girl, but um, no, I love that they say honestly, my Pinterest board is whack. <laughs> Um, but they say, you know, if we all threw our problems in a pile, you'd be really quick to grab yours out. And I don't want to say that as a, um, your problem doesn't mean anything compared to someone else's because we all have mountains that are massive to us. Um, but you know, we're all going through stuff as I think the, the, the epitome of that. So, um, yeah, just be a good person. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's really simple. Yeah, it's just be kind. It's not Don't really that Don't overcomplicate life. Yeah. Be kind. Um, that's what Ellen DeGeneres says, and she's done well with her life. Oh, she's done so well, and she's so cool. <laughs> like, she's so such cool. a nice person. I think, yeah, we just need to be kinder to ourselves and then to other people and take the pressure off because, yeah. Hey, thank you so much for your time thank today, you. Jess, and everything you're doing. We really appreciate it. Thank you. It was awesome. Thanks so much for listening to the Self Love Club podcast. Please subscribe for more episodes and catch up on eps you may have missed. Reviews and sharing the Self Love Club with your friends and on your Instagram stories helps so much in spreading the self love message to others who may really need it. You can follow me at Bell Crawford on Instagram plus Self Love Club podcast. Check out my website as well, bellcrawford.com, for Self Love Club resources and blog posts. And we're on Facebook, the Self Love Club community. Go join it now. A big thanks to our audio engineer, Nick Baldwin. We've got heaps of boss babes coming up to empower you through the rest of the year. We're already halfway through. Uh, With weekly episodes available each Monday. Catch you soon, babes. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 